Welcome. You're listening to the Think Like an Entrepreneur podcast because it turns out there's no such thing as a struggling entrepreneur. There are only business owners still operating from an employee mindset. I'm your host, business coach Katherine Morrison. Now let's dig in. Hello, hello, everybody. How's it going? Listen, I am hiding in a closet today. My kids just got home from school. And I've heard some screaming, but I have just been, you know, I was in a groove. I was in a flow state. I just finished sort of planning out this podcast and I was like, you know what? I want to record it. I will not be held back by the screaming. So I'm in a closet, but if you hear a a spare scream or two, you've been warned. Anyway, I have been on fire. We are planning for the mastermind event. I am so excited to see humans in real life. I've told you guys before, I do my best work when I sort of just buzz around like a hummingbird, and I have been flitting about this week, like supercharged with energy, thinking about my clients and the room, and we are just riding the wave of what we are actively creating, and it is so freaking fun. And then in the midst of all of this juicy energy, I came across an Elon Musk interview this week. And it has inspired this podcast. I've definitely talked about him before, but as you guys know, my background was in tech. And we actually spent a few years living out in the San Francisco area working in the tech industry. And so a lot of the examples I saw within entrepreneurship came from the tech industry when I first started out. And there's a lot in the models there that helped inform what I didn't want, like for instance, taking outside funding and having a board of directors. But there's so much in the tech industry that I find so endlessly fascinating, so powerful, just like the harnessing of human potential and how we can invent and leverage technology using our human brains. It's so freaking cool. And one of the people I do deeply admire is Elon Musk, who is the founder and head of Tesla, as well as SpaceX and several other companies. He is supercharged in a way that seems almost superhuman. He is so incredibly passionate about saving our planet, and his ventures like SolarCity and Tesla are moving us forward so powerfully towards that. But then he also took the time, because if you think about when people want to save the planet, what do they actually want? They want to save humanity, right? Like our ability for us to stay alive is contingent on the planet, like continuing to exist. But Elon Musk took it one step further and was like, but wait a second, like I'm noticing a lot of behaviors from humans that like make me think we might not get out in time. And so he made his brain go to the place of, yeah, like what if the timer runs out? What if the timer runs out and like we don't save the planet? Then what? And then that founded his decision. It's like, all right, well, we've got to have the ability to go live in space. So he started SpaceX. So it's like, This hypothesis, because that is like his belief is, to be clear, he does think that the timer is going to run out. And so his SpaceX venture is looking at how do we start building a path towards humans having the option to settle and live on Mars. This is like the level of thinking that not many people are at. When you hear him speak, you can feel his conviction and his passion, no matter how awkward he is. Like nothing will shake him. His mind and his vision are in like such tight, powerful alignment. There is nothing he isn't willing to experience in order to achieve his goal of essentially saving humanity. 
So a few years ago, he was giving some university students a tour of the Tesla factory. And one of the students asked him, as an established entrepreneur, what is the number one tip you have for all the young entrepreneurs waiting to start up? And this was his answer. I think it's very difficult to start companies. It's quite painful. A friend of mine has a good phrase for doing a startup. It's like eating glass and staring into the abyss. If you are wired to do it, then only do it, not otherwise. So think of it this way. If you need inspiring words, don't do it. And I really sat with that for some time. I spent time considering where I like wholeheartedly agree with him. And then I spent some time thinking about where I believe it's off. And I and it's it's in the nuance, right? And I basically wanted to share with you guys the mental work I did in hopes that it will help you guys on your journey. Now, the lens through which I see the world is based on me and my experiences. So I was a sociology minor in university, and I spent a lot of time learning about how humans are basically conditioned to think and behave based on the systems and experiences they have. And my particular focus of studies were around gender, race, and sexuality. And when you become aware of the studies, like the ones that show that African-American children will, will score lower on tests when they are asked to identify their race ahead of time, you start to see how extremely fucked up our systems are and also how powerful the programming we are exposed to is in our subconscious minds. And then coming into mindset coaching, it's like, yeah, the programming is extremely powerful, but only to the extent that we live unconsciously and allow our beliefs, behaviors, and actions to dictate our lives. Because what is equally as powerful is our own minds. We have the power to actually uproot and look at all the yucky stuff that's in the basement of our brain, and we get to decide what we want to believe. We get to decide who we are and the values we will live by, the life that we'll create on purpose. I'm going to give another Carl Jung shout out this week for his quote, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And so we could look at Elon Musk's comment from so many different lenses. There's the big ones like, I don't know, he's a white man who grew up in a time when the systems and powers in place lent themselves towards the world being his oyster. He grew up in South Africa during apartheid as a white person. So as we look at some of the big systemic things, it's like check, check, check. No need for inspiring words when your people run the world. But then let's look at his background. He did actually grow up super poor. You guys know I love studying the minds of the world's highest performers. And so I recently actually took the time to read the book that his mom wrote. Elon Musk's mom actually wrote a book. It's like a memoir about her life. And to be honest, it's not even the best book, but I think, I don't know, it took me a night to read it. So if you're interested, it might be worth it. I think it's called A Woman Makes a Plan. And I was particularly interested in reading the book because I know how much environment matters to a person's development. And I was incredibly curious about her philosophy and her belief systems and how they impacted her son. So let's look at that. Let's look at his upbringing. Let's start with Elon Musk's grandfather. When Elon Musk's grandfather was 45 years old, he was a chiropractor in Canada. And at 45 years old, as a chiropractor, he decided to say, fuck this. And he bought an airplane and moved his family to South Africa 
and then spent the rest of his life just on these crazy adventurous escapades. Like every single summer, and this was, I think, in the 1940s, he would take his family, they were living in South Africa, and then they would go up to the Kalahari Desert for three weeks because one explorer had documented that there were remnants of a lost city, a great civilization in the middle of the Kalahari. So Elon Musk's grandfather would take his wife and three small children up there, they'd get water and food, and then he would let scouts on camels know to come looking for them in three weeks if they hadn't returned. Luckily, they always returned, and over 12 years, he kept looking and never found the lost city. But this gives you a sense of the kind of family culture that the Musks had when his grandfather decided to make that decision to stop living the life he was supposed to and to start living the life he wanted to, right? When the grandfather decided to basically break the cycle of clock in and clock out. Like in 1954, he took his airplane on a 30,000-mile trek up the coast of Africa, across Asia, and down to Australia. And then when you look at May Musk, Elon's mother, she left an extremely abusive marriage at a time when that wasn't normal. And then she had to dip into that well of resourcefulness, and we can do anything. Like, this is just who I am. This is part of like what my family does. We do hard things. And she provided for her three children. And when asked in an interview, she actually commented on that time saying, poverty makes you work really hard. I remember crying when one of my kids spilled milk. The saying goes, don't cry over spilled milk. I cried because I couldn't buy another milk that day. This woman worked five jobs to make ends meet. And the first thing she bought for their apartment was a carpet because they didn't have chairs or anything. But then the second thing she bought before they even bought chairs or other furniture, the second thing she bought was a computer for her young son, Elon, because from a very young age, Elon was very interested in computers. And then when Elon became a teenager, he told his mom he actually didn't want to live in South Africa anymore. He wanted to move to North America for the tech opportunities. And so this woman uprooted everything that she had ever known in South Africa and moved the family to Canada to support him. When you have a family that will move across the world with you to support your crazy dreams when you're a teenager, yeah, you don't maybe need inspirational quotes, right? When you grow up hearing about a grandfather that traveled the world in an airplane in the 1950s and spent summers trekking across the Kalahari Desert, and that is just the standard normal culture of what people do in your family, doing insane things becomes normal to your brain then yeah, you wouldn't need inspirational quotes. May Musk, Elon's mom, was asked in an interview about this time of like, you know, all the crazy travel, all the things that they did and what it was like to be in a family like that. And she said, quote, we were so independent and we were taught to be adventurous ourselves and to try all sorts of new things. My dad's saying was live dangerously, carefully. And when you have been indoctrinated into being adventurous, into trying all sorts of new things, and your family motto is live dangerously, yeah, you wouldn't need inspirational quotes. Elon Musk has unshakable belief because he was taught to. He dreams big because that was his family's cultural norm. And he works hard because he grew up seeing his mom work five jobs and never give up on her own dreams while she supported three children alone. Like this woman, we could probably do a whole nother podcast on May Musk. She's like a supermodel. She was like, yeah, that's just who I am. I'm just not going to give up. And so from this lens, I want to return to his comment 
if you are wired to do it, then only do it, not otherwise. So think of it this way. If you need inspiring words, don't do it. But here's the thing. You might be wired for entrepreneurship, but if you have a family whose motto isn't live dangerously, like Elon Musk's family, your family's motto might have been something like stay small and be safe, or don't rock the boat, or check these boxes so we look good at the country club, or do something practical, right? And when the culture you have been steeped in goes against your natural wiring to be an entrepreneur, yeah, you might want some inspirational quotes to tether to. You might be wired for entrepreneurship, but maybe you're a woman or a person of color or non-binary, or maybe you live in a small town or a poorer country where economic wealth isn't seen or normalized. And so your inherent wiring is searching for something to tether to. And what it might gravitate towards are inspirational quotes. Because everything in your bones knows that something else is possible, that you are made for more. But your brain has been steeped in your family's bullshit, society's bullshit, your second grade teacher's bullshit, whatever. And those words are open a portal into you, right? Like when you expose yourself to whatever inspirational stuff your brain might be seeking out, it opens a portal that offers an alternative to what's naturally floating around in your brain otherwise from its decades of being here on planet Earth from people that don't have those same beliefs. But here's where I do agree with him. You do want to become very aware of if your ability to believe something is completely dependent on putting in an inspirational podcast or a motivational speaker, or if you follow like 3,000 high vibe people on your Instagram, gotta call that. In the beginning of becoming an entrepreneur, it is very normal to not have tons of crazy belief in yourself and your ability to do it. And so leaning on the motivation and inspiration of others can be a sort of crutch when you haven't developed your own muscles. But if you aren't getting your brain coached to change your brain, right, to be the one doing that for you, then your ability to show up totally hinges on whether or not you can get a fresh shot of inspo into your ear And that is actually an addiction. I want you to think of it sort of like inspiration porn. Like in the worst cases, people with actual porn addictions aren't able to arouse themselves. They become reliant on watching other people. And then instead of them going out and connecting with real humans in order to have an actual sensual sexual relationship, they sit at home and watch other people having sex and get off on that. Like do a quick inventory and see what percentage of your time are you spending watching other people do really inspiring things like watching mentors on their Instagram stories, listening to podcasts, going and watching motivational stuff on YouTube, whatever, right? And then what percentage of your time are you spending inspiring and motivating yourself? What percentage of your time are you spending doing inspiring things with your life? So like, make sure you've got a breakdown of the percentages, like a very honest one when you, you, when you look at it. And then ask yourself, what do you want those percentages to be? And here's the deal. This is not an invitation to shame yourself or beat yourself up. But here's what it is. 
a wake-up call, an invitation to start making different decisions if you didn't like the composition of the percentages when you answered that question. And here are a couple things to keep in mind. When your brain reads or watches something, it cannot differentiate between the simulation and reality. Like neurologically, the same parts of the brain light up, whether you are watching something or literally experiencing it. And so what can happen is that you can sort of inspirationally masturbate yourself and tell yourself you believe and tell yourself it is possible and watch all the other people doing the inspiring things. And the same parts of your brain will light up like it's already actually been accomplished. When really, there's another large part of you that doesn't believe it's possible, but it doesn't feel good to think or look at that part. But all of that stuff, right? If you're not already at your goals, you're going to want to look at all the crap and clutter and the parts where you don't believe because that's actually the only thing standing between you and actually creating what it is that you want. Like here's how you know if your consumption of inspiration is in the realm of inspiration porn. Here's like a few things to look at. If you aren't taking tons of action yourself towards your goals, you're indulging in inspiration porn. If you know there's some yucky thoughts and feelings around your goals you don't want to look at, and you switch on an inspirational podcast to try to wallpaper over it, that's inspiration porn. Or if you are taking action, but you're not creating the results you want, and you don't know why, and you're putting on an inspirational podcast for a quick hit of inspo instead of doing the deeper work of getting coached and growing awareness of of all the subconscious thoughts you have going on that are actually standing between you and your goals. That's inspiration porn. And in the same way, watching porn will never actually create a loving, sensuous partnership with another human. Indulging in inspiration porn will never create an inspiring life. So yes, totally use it as a crutch when you first get started as an entrepreneur. But don't let the crutch keep you from building your own muscles so you can run without it. Most of us weren't born into families or cultures that support our dreams within entrepreneurship. That's not your fault but it now is your responsibility to get their thinking out of your head if you're going to go do the big crazy thing and create the business it is that you want. And to end, I want to bring it back to Elon Musk's grandfather. He was 45 years old when he left his career as a chiropractor and decided to travel the world and live dangerously, carefully, 45 years old with young children. And the decisions that he made back in the 1940s changed the trajectory of what was possible for his entire family line. He began living his life as one giant adventure, and he taught his children to view life that way. He cultivated tenacity and resilience in his kids, and the compound effect of those changes he made in his family line have then brought us here, not even 100 years later. I don't even think it's 80 years later, where his grandson not only now has a net worth of nearly $200 billion, but the impact of his grandson's work is spearheading humanity into the future in less than 80 years. That was the change created in that family line from one man's decision to stop living the life he was supposed to and to start living the life he wanted to. So I want to end with a homework assignment for you. 
which is to spend time thinking about the decisions you're making day to day in your business right now and the impact of those decisions over the next 100 years for your entire family line. Like, have you thought about what your grandchildren will be doing because of the decisions you're making this year? The cycle has to break somewhere. The Musks broke out of their mental chains a couple generations ago. And the process of breaking out of mental chains isn't as sexy or fun as a quippy high vibe Instagram post, but it's equally as necessary. And when you really understand the impact of doing that, sometimes less than fun work, not just for yourself, but for your entire family line, your children, your children's children, even if you're not gonna have kids, think about the ripples you create for everyone around you, your industry, our entire society. When you see that's what hangs in the balance, it's a no brainer. Like worth eating glass and staring into the abyss for if it comes to that. Now go forth and live dangerously, carefully. I love you all and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.